Welcome to No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where we take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where we dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby womb room tea. So throw on some clothes, grab a coffee, and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the Just OK Sounds of your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. Hey, 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 everybody. I am in the car, and I'm recording again. I wasn't going to, uh, but I have a, a cousin who is working from my house, and it happens to be where, you know, my little makeshift studio is. And, um, you know, I can't really have... You know, I can't really talk while he's doing things because he's got meetings and stuff. And so I decided I'd go in the car. I'm on the road today. And, um, yeah, I have no problem with him being at the house. I'm happy he's there and I'm happy we can help him while he's uh, waiting for Verizon to hook him up with some cable and uh, Wi-Fi. So it's more of a it's not an inconvenience for me because I'm already on the road. But uh, just give me an explanation why I'm doing this again from a phone. I was hoping to have him actually on the podcast because uh, he's he's got a lot of cool things to say. Uh, I think the banter between him and I is is really really good, and one day I will. But he's got meetings and stuff like that, and it just didn't work out that way. So next time, hopefully. Um, so for this podcast uh, episode, uh, I was going to I wanted to read a story, uh, and I had mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Um, about a, a story that I wrote uh, that I cannot find anymore. Apparently, I, I just didn't save it properly. I mean, it's something I worked on for a little while, so it's not like, you know, it, uh, it wasn't just one sitting and then it was done and I just didn't save it. You know, Word automatically saves. But whatever, I, I can't find it, so now I'm going to recreate it uh, kind of live, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not putting pen to paper. I don't remember every bit of it, but I'm going to kind of go over, um, the process of me writing what I, what I do. And you can hear the mess of my brain, uh, as it's happening. So normally I sit down and in order to get motivated, I'm usually, motivated to write, but in order to like break through walls and get, get around things, you know, the day to day, uh, I put on music. And at first I, I might have mentioned this before, but it doesn't matter. Uh, at first I was using music like Russian circles. It's, uh, strictly instrumental. There's no vocals and it's, it's a harder rock. They're a band out of Chicago. And I mean, I definitely recommend listening to them cause they're really good. I've been to a few of their shows. They're not like a major band. Like they, they're they're not a headliner. They are, they open up for other bands or, or they play 
a headline gig, but in a very tiny venue, which in my opinion, and I think others as well, is some of the best venues or some of the best shows I've ever been to are the smaller shows where you're like, you can stand at the stage. Like you can like strum the guitar of the people, you know, you're that close. So those are fantastic shows and they really do a really good job. But for the most part, uh, I think I've seen them with bigger bands and anyway, so that's what I would write with is listening to something like that. Uh, it didn't distract me from anything and, uh, I was able to just move along with the story. But then I got to the point where it wasn't enough. Like I needed words and I started listening to music and I would be very selective with it because I, I, I found that working with music that had lyrics that were, um, that had a lot of depth that were very descriptive and, you know, had a lot of meaning. I felt like those, uh, helped challenge me in a way that was, um, beneficial to my writing. So I would listen to, you know, it doesn't matter what I listen to, but that's what I would do. And that's what I continue to do now. Uh, my last book, my first and only book so far, um, it was mainly put together in this process. It wasn't silence. I can't do silence. It just, it messes with me. I get inside my own head and when I'm writing with music that inspires me, I find that like, I just, my fingers just go and some of the characters write themselves. It's, it's what, it works for me. It's not going to work for everybody, but for me, it's definitely beneficial. So obviously right now I'm not doing that, but because I'm speaking it, I think it's going to work a little bit differently anyway. And it's not like I'm putting this down to paper. I think this is the way this is just going to be. And it's, this story is not meant to be anything that's going to be long. Um, it was actually a submission for a no sleep on Reddit. I just didn't submit it. And I wish I did. I think it would have been pretty cool. And, um, yeah, so it's going to be a little weird for you and definitely weird for me. It's not going to be like I'm telling a story or at least, you know, as it's supposed to be, I'm kind of walking through it and explaining things to you, but I'm not going to be as descriptive as I normally am with my writing. I get, I get to the point where I have scenes within scenes and, you know, I have in my book, there's this one particular scene, which I do call back a, a couple times. Um, but it's in the midst of chaos and there's a serene moment in this little bit of description and it's almost like it's a whole other story within the story. And then it, it gets, you know, they get, they get tied in together. So I'm not going to get crazy with that. And also we don't have time for that. You know, I try to keep these pretty, pretty, uh, pretty short in comparison. Okay. So, uh, if you didn't listen to the little snippet that I, I did a few weeks ago about the story, the basic premise is, um, it centers around this, this family that's living in this house and the husband has weird things happen to him where, uh, one day he opens up the front door and all of a sudden there's a mirror image of his house, uh, on the other side. So 
basically he you know he's in his own foyer, opens up the door, and then he sees his foyer on the other side. Okay, so basically it's kind of like a mirror house. So here we go. So this gentleman lives in this house. It's somewhat new to them. Him and his family, they have two kids. He wakes up around three o'clock in the morning. He feels like he hears something. And he's the kind of person where once he's uh, stirred awake, his mind starts going and he, he needs to calm himself down. So he goes downstairs to his kitchen. It's a very modern looking kitchen inside of a house that is older much older, uh, has a lot of character, so the, the kitchen doesn't really fit, but it does their style, so he's sitting in his kitchen, he's sitting at a, a marble countertop island, and he's sitting on a bench, he's eating some cereal, and while he's eating, as he's coming to the end of his portion, he hears another sound, and he's not positive it's the sound that he heard before sound that stirred him, but it's different. It's something that isn't normal for his house. You know, it's not the the normal, like, uh, whirring of, of devices or the air. It's something strange. It's enough to cause him to stop and listen. So, it's almost like a suction sound. It's almost like somebody put something over your ears. If you clap your, clasp your uh, hands over your ears and kind of press in, it's that kind of sound. It's like a thump kind of sound. And it feels like it's over the entire house. So he puts his bowl of cereal into the um, sink and he goes to the front door because he feels like that's the epicenter of this. He feels like something is not right there. And before he opens the door, he gets a sudden feeling of tired. You know, he gets... The drowsiness comes back. So he decides to go ahead and go upstairs. He puts everything out of his mind. It's like, nothing's there. He looks out the window before he goes up. There's nothing. You know, he checks the peephole. There's nothing outside. So he goes up to his room and goes back to bed. A couple hours later, he gets up and does his morning routine. Shower, shave. He already ate breakfast, so he doesn't need to do that. He has some coffee. Uh, his wife is running around trying to get the kids ready. Uh, and he's, you know, just getting ready for work, basically. Uh, he helps feed the kids while his wife is, you know, um, prepping herself and... That's it. So when he's about to leave, he says goodbye to everybody. And he opens up the front door. And he's faced with a mirrored image of his house. And of course he's freaked out. He thinks that maybe he's overtired. Like, what is going on? He looks. There's the foyer. There's the hallway. He could even see the kitchen in the distance. You know, he knows... His den is to the right. His office is to the left. Everything looks normal. But what hits him is there's something off. Not only the fact that he's looking at, instead of the outside, he's looking at his own house. 
something's off in the atmosphere of the mirrored image that he's looking at. Something's wrong. There are no sounds that are associated with his house. There's no whirring of devices. There's no central air, um, sound from the air moving through the vents. The refrigerator, the oven, not the oven, but, you know, the clock. There's a grandfather clock in the, the hallway. It's not moving. It doesn't make any sound. He rubs his eyes. He's like, what is going on? He closes the door, opens it back up, same thing. He thinks he's going nuts. He wants to tell his wife, but his wife is busy. She's running around upstairs, getting the kids all ready to go. And he closes the door and goes to his office and looks out the window. He sees the outside. He sees his front yard. He sees the trees. He sees the road in the distance. He sees his courtyard. He goes the other side into the den and looks out the bay windows. Same thing. Outside. Everything's normal. He goes back to the front door, opens it up. Again, he's faced with a mirrored image of his house. Completely out of his mind right now, he goes ahead and he runs to the back door. He goes through the hallway and into the kitchen and then goes through the sliding glass door and he looks, he runs around the front. Everything is normal. Everything is fine. You know, he's able to go to the front door. He, he, he steps on his, um, what do you call that? His porch. Goes to the front door, opens it up, walks through. Everything's normal. He can hear his wife and kids running around. He looks behind him and it's the house. He just stepped through and already the house The mirrored image is behind him. He closes the door. He looks through the peephole. He can see the outside. He opens the door again. It's the mirrored image of the house. He wants to tell his wife, but he doesn't know how he can because it's absolutely crazy. What is happening to him? So he has to get to work. He knows that his wife is going to go through the garage when she takes the kids to school. So he decides to just go out the back, walk around, get into his car and go. He does. He's a little apprehensive about doing so, but he's got to get to work. And he knows everything else is normal. So he tries to brush it off as though he's a little crazy. He goes through his day, but he keeps thinking about the house. He keeps thinking about the image. He keeps thinking about the way it felt when the door opened. The way the atmosphere, atmosphere creeped him out. He gets home in the evening, walks through the front door, doesn't look behind him. He's convinced himself throughout the day that he's crazy, that he was just too tired that something you know something was in the air so he goes kisses his wife kisses his kids and goes about his evening they have dinner tell stories before bed and then he decides to bring it up to his wife he plays it off as a weird coincidence or a weird dream that he had that seems so real and he tells her 
and he plays it off as though he was sleeping when this happened. And she's like, well, that's very interesting. And he says, yeah, I guess so. And they go to bed. And again at 3 o'clock in the morning, he stirred awake. He's not sure if he heard something or if it's just his mind messing with him and, you know, waking him up because of the night before. But he wakes up and he follows the same routine. He goes downstairs. He has a bowl of cereal. Puts it away in the sink. And then as he's about to go upstairs, he decides to check the front door. He doesn't want to, but he feels like he has to. Something, his curiosity is messing with him. He has to do it. He checks the peephole first. He sees the outside. He opens the door, and there's the foyer. He can't believe it. The next morning, he can't sleep, obviously. He's just worried about this. Next morning, he's waiting for his wife to wake up. She usually wakes up before the kids so that she can get herself ready and then take care of them after, you know, he feeds them breakfast. But he's itching to get her awake. So he he moves around in the bed, you know, kind of makes his presence known without actually you know, touching her and, or saying her name or anything. And she stirs awake. And he says, listen, remember that little dream I told you about? And she wants to go back to sleep. She's not ready to get up. She's not a morning person like he is. But she sees the look in his face. She can sense something wrong in his voice. And she says, what is it? He says, it happened again. And, you know, he has to explain it wasn't just a dream. Something's going on. He doesn't know if he's going crazy. But can you please come downstairs with me? He asks her. Reluctantly, she goes, but she she's worried about him. So she, you know, fights through the reluctance and goes with him. And he said, open up the front door. And she's like, okay, fine. She opens up the front door, looks outside. She's like, what? There's Everything's normal. He looks. She's right. Everything's normal. There's the front yard. There's the street. He takes a step out. He breathes the morning air. He's like, what is going on? He closes the door. He says, do it again. She opens it again. Still, same thing. It's like, I I don't know. She's like, can I go upstairs now? I got to get ready. It's like, yeah, I guess so. She goes upstairs, and he's about to do the same thing because he's got to get ready for work. And then something's pulling him to the door. He's got to check again. And he does. And there's the foyer. The same creepy feeling comes over him. He takes a step in. He doesn't go fully in, but he takes a step in and immediately retracts. He can't do it. 
he feels the tile floor on his his uh, his naked foot. It's the same feeling that he has on the floor inside the foyer of his actual house. He's like, this is insane. This is insane. He calls up to his wife, but she's far into her morning rituals. He goes upstairs. He gets ready. And they have second thoughts. He's like, I can't do this. I can't go to work today. I got to figure this out. So he gets ready, helps with the kids, gets them ready. He knows his wife has uh, certain rituals that she does during the day on this certain day of the week. And he decides he's going to work from home, but investigate this as well. So after everyone leaves, he grabs a flashlight. He grabs a pocket knife because he's not sure what to expect. Puts it in his pocket. Puts on some shoes and goes to the front door. The whole time he's trying to talk himself out of it, saying, No, don't do it. You're crazy. This is insane. But then he remembers that his wife opened the door and everything was fine. But when he opened the door, it wasn't correct. Something was wrong. So it had to be with him. Something had to be connected to him. Gets the courage to open up the door but before he does he turns around goes back to the kitchen goes to the drawer with all the miscellaneous things that have nothing to do with the kitchen finds a spool of spring uh, of string brings it with him ties an end to the doorknob and then another end to the banister he wants to make sure that that door doesn't close he opens up the door he sees the foyer he ties to the banister checks it, it's taut so it shouldn't close he doesn't know what to expect he's afraid that if he enters and that door closes he's going to be trapped he walks through flashlight in hand knife in his pocket he doesn't want to take the knife out he's not a violent person he doesn't even know if he'll use it he doesn't even know if he can use it but he wants it. He just he's not sure why, but he, he feels like he has to have it. He walks into the foyer. Everything feels the same as far as positioning. The grandfather clock is on the wall or in the hallway. Everything looks normal. He looks to the right, he sees the den. He works looks to the left sees his office. Everything looks normal. Everything looks the way it should. But it doesn't feel right. There's something wrong. He heads over to the kitchen. The kitchen's the same. But nothing is making any noises. The refrigerator compressor is not making any noise. He hears absolutely nothing. Everything is silent. Eerily silent he looks down the hallway from the kitchen just to make sure that the door's still open he still sees his house he still sees the foyer of his house then he hears something upstairs it's very faint it's almost like a little thud but he definitely hears something 
Over everything else, he hears a little thud. Panicked, he runs out. He cuts the string with the knife that he quickly takes out of his pocket and slams the door shut. He's breathing so heavily. He's so panicked. He's so fearful. But then he musters musters up the courage to go in again. He says, I have to figure this out. I have to see what's going on. So, he grabs the string, opens up the door, ties another string from the doorknob to the banister, and goes in. He goes very slowly, step by step. Every step he takes, he stops and listens. Listens for any movement, any breathing, sound of anything. When he's convinced that nothing is there, that nothing's going to jump out at him, he steps in fully and decides to go upstairs. As he walks up the steps, again, one by one, keeping close attention to his surroundings, his heart is racing. He doesn't know what to expect. He doesn't know if he's going to walk upstairs and see a mirror image of himself himself or his family members or something else. He reaches the landing and everything looks the way it should. But one thing he notices is there are no pictures. Up at the top of his house, the banister there are photos of his children photos of him and his wife in fact even going up and down the steps there are pictures of happy moments he looks downstairs there's nothing he walks down the hallway examining the rooms as he passes by passes by one of his children's rooms the bathroom his other child's room his wife's office and studio And at the end of the hallway, his door is closed, where his bedroom would normally be. Him and his wife don't usually close their door. They have changing rooms from each of them, and the bathroom has a, a door, so they don't really need to. The kids run in and out. They're young enough to to come in and jump on the bed and hang out with the parents on the weekends and sometimes in the morning to wake them up. So he gets closer and closer to the bedroom door and he sees the light, light from the day, daytime underneath the door, the crack between the floor and the bottom of the door. He's keeping close eye on that to see if there's any movement. So far, nothing. He reaches the door and touches the handle. Everything seems normal. He still can't hear anything or sense anything other than the creepy feeling of the silence. He starts turning the knob very slowly. With every fraction of a turn, he waits and listens for any movement on the other side. He's keeping a close eye on underneath the door to see if there's any shadows. And when he finally turns the knob, he feels like the door is going to burst open. 
like something's pulling on it. He uses all his strength to hold it at bay while slowly allowing for it to go so he can peek in. There's nothing there. There's nothing holding the door. But he feels like it just wants to burst open and pull him in. He quickly closes the door and looks at it and wonders what's going on on the other side. He goes to open it again. Again, slowly, carefully, listening, waiting. This time, the door doesn't want to burst open. This time, the door doesn't want to open at all. He starts pushing against it. Pushing, pushing, and then he finally uses his shoulder to hit against it, and it won't budge. Not even a fraction. It won't move. And then he hears it. The silence is broken. Not from his hitting the door, but from a scream. A scream from behind the door, from the other side, from his bedroom. And it doesn't sound like a scream he's ever heard. It's not his wife. It's not his children. He quickly drops the flashlight and runs. He leaps down the stairs. And he goes to go through the front door. But the door is closed. He's overtaken with fear. He's beating himself up for even going through the door. For even attempting to do this. Especially with no one else home. He should have he should have waited until his wife was home after her errands and convinced her to wait for him by the door to keep it open, to keep it from closing. And then he thinks, how was it how did it close? The string was tight. It was taut. It shouldn't have even budged the way he did it. And then he suddenly remembers the scream from upstairs. He looks back up waiting. He sits there, stands there, waiting for something to happen, waiting for something to come barreling down the stairs, waiting for anything, but nothing happens. Five minutes, ten minutes, there's nothing, no other noises, no other screams, no sound of footsteps. Convinced that he'd imagined it, that it's all part of this unbelievable horrible daydream he goes to the front door turns the knob opens it and is faced with the outside he sees his porch he sees the trees in the yard he sees his courtyard he sees the street in the distance Everything is as it should be, but backwards. He closes the door. He starts crying. He opens it up back, opens it up again. It's the outside. He closes it, opens it again, closes, opens, closes, opens. He's never faced with his house. He's never faced with the mirror image of the foyer. He's never faced with his reality. 
So that's basically the story. It's kind of where I left it off, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I know it was it was very close to that. And um, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I like I said, I know it's weird. Um, it, I've never really done that before. I've never really told a story that I made up on the spot. Uh, granted, this wasn't made up on the spot because I did have context to this story, but it's been actually a couple years since I wrote it. So I don't remember all the details, and I think I changed things around, but you don't know. I don't even know. And, uh, yeah, so that's it for this week. Um, I'm going to ask you all to please subscribe on whatever you're listening to this on. I have people all over the the world. I think I'm, like, in 12 or 13 countries. I, I thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Please comment. Comments mean a great deal. Uh, share it with your friends. And uh, I'll see you, not see you, next time. Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs and Ham. Editing is by Yovino Consulting in Glencove, New York. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. The theme song is written and performed by Donnie Ronaldo. On a guitar that I gave him. Because I don't know how to play. If you reach this far in the show, please take an additional few seconds to leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends. See you, not see you, next time.